Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Personal Best Podcast with me, Ruby Lola. My guest today is James Beardwell. He is a fitness influencer and Gymshark athlete. In this conversation, we talk about why James started the gym, why he left university to create social media content, how your differences can actually lead to success, his fitness advice for beginners, what drives him forward, and so much more. This podcast episode was quite a big deal for me. James is the biggest guest I've had on to date and I just felt so grateful to be able to sit down with him and record an episode and I'm really happy with how it all turned out. Just a reminder as well that you can watch the full episode on YouTube which I will link in the show notes below but anyway I really hope you enjoy this conversation so let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the Personal Best Podcast. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Really good. Well, hot and sweaty from the tube ride, but really good other than that. Understandable. So for anyone that doesn't know you or they don't follow your social media, which they should, can you just give us a little intro into yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? (sighs) I consider myself a very normal kid from Essex. That's pretty much it. I'm, I'm 21. I am a fitness influencer, is what some people call it. Moving into lifestyle as well. Like, I mean, I've always been pretty ra- like rounded with my social media, but a lot of people call me a fitness influencer. But um, yeah, just a normal kid, went to school, started going to the gym when I was a bit younger and thought I'll post some videos on social media. And I did and just kept doing it. And then now I'm here, one point something on TikTok. I mean, I don't really care too much about the followers, but just for saying for the podcast, yeah, yeah built a following on social media. That's what I do now. Yeah, so obviously you've built your personal brand, if I can call it that, around going to the gym and fitness. But I really want to take it back to the beginning and when you started. So can you tell us when, why, how did you get into the gym? Um, Really long story short, I mean, it could be one of those classic stories. I'm not going to say I had a different story from other people. I was a small kid. I hit puberty really late Um, and then I also had the external factors of feeling, I wouldn't say bullied, but like 
I was so considerably like smaller than everyone else in my year group at school. All the boys were pretty manly. Um, I just thought, you know what? Let me start doing push ups and pull up push ups and pull ups on my in my bedroom on the floor. I had a little pull up bar in my doorway. Um, before that, I did do gymnastics, so I kind of knew what I was doing when I started. Right. But I so I just did that kind of trial and error. I didn't really focus on diet or anything like that. I was literally just being as quiet as I could at midnight doing push-ups on the floor. What age is this? 15. Like, I would, I would, my mum would say goodnight to me and then I would pretend to get in bed. I don't know why I was hiding it from my parents. I don't know, it was kind of like a little embarrassing thing. I would pretend to say goodnight, pretend to get in bed, turn my light off, wait for everyone else to go to sleep and then get down on the floor and do push-ups. I'm not even kidding. Like, it actually sounds like a really weird I know, thing. because most kids would do that, but then they'd stay up and play video games or stay up on their phone. Yeah. And you're yeah. doing push-ups and pull-ups. Yeah. Well, I'm... Yeah, we, we can get we can get on onto that sort of thing later in, but, like, I never played video games. Like, I had an Xbox 360, still got it. That's all I ever had. I never went up to Xbox One, I think it was, or PS5. I never played video games. Short story, because my Wi-Fi was too slow. So, like, I never played video games online with friends. Um, so, yeah, I just did that in my free time. I was always on the trampoline in the garden. I, I'm lucky to have, like, a decent-sized garden. We live in the forest. Um, so I was always on the trampoline, you know, playing tennis in the garden with my brother, playing golf, cricket, everything like that. So I was pretty active as a child. And then I sort of translated that onto now. Yeah, because that's something I really wanted to pick up on is, obviously, I've watched a lot of your content and... I've seen the transformation videos from clips of when you were younger to now. And one in particular I noted was the clips of you as a teenager. The caption was, this fitness thing won't work out, you're too skinny. And then clip to now and it was like, what the F do you mean? Mm. And I understand this type of content probably does quite well on social media because people love seeing a transformation. They love an underdog, but... What's kind of the reality behind those videos from your personal experience? It, what in terms of having like that first original quote? Yeah, was, saying it was that out? an insecurity for you when you were younger? I mean, I never really actually, I never had the dream of doing like fitness social media when I was younger. When I started, like that was not in my head. That only came about when I actually started like posting on TikTok and stuff. Um, so I suppose the fitness thing itself, not the social media, was like, will this even work out? Will will doing all this gymming help you? Did you get those comments from people or was it more something you were thinking about yourself? Probably more myself, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, so you could sort of say that the videos were more like voices in my head. Your internal than, Yeah, critic. exactly. Yeah, I mean, I definitely remember having some extern like people saying stuff but it was never really like oh it's not gonna work out and this and the other it was it was different comments like like I remember one girl um I remember at the start of my TikTok I posted like a what I thought was a really wholesome like motivational thing I was basically it was a video of me doing tricep push downs in the gym and um there was some cool music behind it and the quote was like your body is the canvas you're like mind is something and then like paint it right so you're working on yourself that that was the whole point of the tiktok to say like you know you are you and you can work on yourself and she just how's language on this like she took the piss right can i can i like can i swear on this is okay okay took the piss 
And like that knocked me seriously. Um, I was just like unnecessary, but I'm just glad I never really let it get to me. Um, but yeah, so internal voices mostly, um, but there was obviously some external sources mm. of hate. Yeah, of course. I mean, I guess it's to be expected because not everybody is going to understand the reasons behind what you're doing. Mm. And it is a shame, I guess, that not everyone's going to be super encouraging, but it's good that you don't let it get to you. And in a way, it's then a driving force to mm. like prove those people wrong. Um, so just moving on from that then, when did you start creating fitness content, gym content for social media? Because I'd also like to talk about when you dropped out of uni, but I'm just trying to work out the timeline in my head mm. of when you dropped out of uni, were you already doing the content then? Yeah. Or did that come yeah. later? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll, I can give you a full timeline. So perfect. leave school, March 2020, COVID, right? So I was in sixth form, about to do my A-levels, COVID hit. We left school thinking, oh, we'll be back in two weeks. And then we, never, we just never went back. So that was my first like alone time, right? And we can say like, I was always kind of shaped by everyone around me at school. I went to a private school. So everyone was very, you know, follow the road you know so but I was everyone always knew it. I was kind of different I always I never really fit in in terms of education like I didn't really want to do that I had some learning difficulties everything like that so when lockdown hit and I was home alone well I had my family there but when I was just home and didn't have the sort of like anyone else to tell me what to do what not to do I was like you know what and I'd actually been hating on TikTok the whole of school. Like the whole of that year that TikTok came out in 2020 or when did it come out? Like 2018 it was, or something? Yeah, it moved from kind of musically style to mm. TikTok, I think. Yeah, yeah 2019, 2020. Yeah. So when I it really blew up. I hated on it just because everyone else hated on it. And then when lockdown hit and I had no external, like, you know, and what's the word for that? Like influence. Like no one was influencing me to do something or say something. So I could sort of be my own person. So I downloaded TikTok and I actually posted a couple of videos and I just had a lot of fun with it. Like literally like the trending videos to trending sounds, nothing to do with fitness, nothing to do with, I was never trying dances. to be. I, I, I'm not a dancer, so I didn't do any dances, but I did some funny skits and stuff like that. And one skit was how men secretly flex. I actually saw a guy post his own version and I was just like, well, TikTok is pretty much you take inspiration from people then do it. So I picked the same sound he used and I just made my own version of it and then that one blew. So I was like, right, this is crazy. I'm famous. <laughs> <laughs> it, only had, it got like 2.1 million views. Um, but that was the first time anything like that ever happened to me. So I was like, you know what, let me make a part two and then a part three and then a part four. Uh, and there was a good space in between them. Well, I didn't do them the consecutive days. But um, in between doing all those videos, which every one of them blew, I did other videos. And since that first one happened to be a skit about flexing muscles, I thought, right, let me do some more about muscles. I'd already been going to the gym at that point. Like I started the gym when I was like 15. Uh, I was doing the push-ups and pull-ups, 15. Started the gym 16 in, in my school gym. So I had some muscle nothing crazy but so I made the secretly flex videos because they were relatable like I'd definitely done that at some point um you know the classic drinking water on the phone bicep on the phone um so in between those like four parts I was doing other videos of a little bit about muscle other sort of similar things um I was still just having fun with it at that point never once thought like oh let me try and do this for a career 
Um, and yeah, then I decided to do a gap year because I didn't get the grades from my fake A-levels that we didn't even do. Yeah. I didn't really get the grades I wanted. So you were the year that it was just all scrambled. algorithmically done, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a hit. That was um, That was the first time in my life I thought I'd ever had like where I really thought it was unfair. Sure. Like, everything else I was like, you know, I'd never... Had. You put the work in, you yeah. get the reward, but yeah. you didn't even get that. Yeah. So I woke up on the morning thinking, oh, my grades are going to be sweet. Like, you know, predicted grades from teachers, but it wasn't the predicted grades from the teachers. It was put into an algorithm to do with what students got in previous years. So I woke up with an E in biology, right? And I was a fairly smart kid with biology. Like I, I was probably one of the worst in my class, but like still good at it. Um, but an E was not right. So I was just <laughs> shocked. And then they actually did a little U-turn with the algorithm. So I went back to a normal grade, but it meant that I didn't get into my first choice of university, which was the London School of Economics. Um, the reason that was my first choice for university, it completely honestly is because I was just following my brother's footsteps. My brother's like, academically gifted far more academically gifted than I am so I can actually say that that alone probably led me to be where I am like obviously things along the way but that was the first start where I was really faced with something like ah oh, what do I do now because I didn't I didn't want to go into to my insurance um so I decided to take a gap year and then all I could do was go to the gym and make TikToks because I couldn't travel yeah it's so funny how at that moment in time, getting the A-level results and not getting into your first choice probably felt like quite a big setback for mm. you. And you're thinking, what am I going to do now? Whereas actually, if you reflect on it, it probably was the best thing that could have happened. Exactly. But in the moment, I did not know that at all. Yeah. But you did then go off to uni, right? So you yeah. went to Loughborough. Yeah. Yeah. So after my gap year, which probably the worst year of my life, like it's just, I was just home alone. All my friends went to uni, that in, all my school friends went to uni straight away. So I had literally no friends. So I was home, like I'd never felt so lonely, this and the other. So all I was doing was making TikToks, spending time with my dad and being in the house. That, that was it. Eat, sleep, train, repeat. Um, and then I decided to go to uni, Loughborough Uni, after I went to visit one of my friends at the uni during my gap year. I went to visit my best friend. And instantly fell in love with it. Like the whole campus vibe, everything. Like all the people there were really lovely. The gyms. Yeah. So I literally applied to it on that basis. I didn't think about the course. I just thought, what do I want to do for the next three years? And like, that was it. Um, obviously still had the social media thing in mind. At this point, I was thinking, oh, let me try and continue to build a following. Because by the time I went to uni, I think I was on 380,000 followers on TikTok. Wow. So, you know, in my head, that was really big. Mm. Um so I was like, yeah, let me let me do this social media, do the uni. I can do both, surely. Um, I was wrong. But uh, yeah, so I went to uni, had some fun, really had some low points as well in my first year. Yeah, so um, I want to talk about that because I know that you dropped out, but what was life like leading up to that point? What made you choose to leave in the end? Uh, what made me choose to leave in the end was just the... I was so set. I had convinced myself, like, there's no way I will be able to stay here for three years. Like, it's either I leave or something bad happens. Like, we'll get into it, though. Like, the first day I went to uni, really lovely sunny day. Um, 
met some lovely people, met my flatmates. I loved all my flatmates. We really got on. But um, I remember walking into the, this this was crazy. This was like the second or third time I'd actually ever been like in a public space since having a following on social media. Because I was, you know, in a shelter, I was Lockdown. under my roof. So I was at home alone building a following. Everyone was seeing me through their screens. I was still a normal kid in my head, still am, but like, you know, I didn't think anyone knew me. Then I went to Reading Festival just before um, university. That was my first time when I was like, oh my God, because I walked through those doors and got instantly recognized by a whole group of people and they've got a picture with me. Um, I was just like, what's going on? That was the first picture I'd ever taken with someone. So, and then that continued in Reading Festival. Anyway, to uni, I walk into the courtyard, everyone's there meeting each other. And word had already got round that, like, oh, there's a TikToker. In, that must be really in, surreal. Well, yeah, but it didn't work in my favour because TikTok, in like, in that like in that uni setting with the people that were in that courtyard, was still a weird thing. So it wasn't. Oh yeah, there's a, there's like a a good TikToker here. It was like there's a TikTok guy. Here. I see. Yeah? Okay. So instantly. Uh, without saying a word, without doing anything, my first impression on everyone was bad. So people didn't like me from the get-go. Like there were, I started meeting people. Obviously, in uni, you have your first club night is like the first night, right? So fresh I go as out. Week. Yeah, 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 it was fresh as week. I go out, and this first night, I'm getting like hassled in a bad way. Like people are like screaming words across the club, saying not nice words. I'm not going to say those on the podcast, but. I was all right. Like it wasn't actually affecting me, but it was a bit like, whoa, first day at expected. uni. I haven't done anything to these people. I don't need, some people would come up to me and like say stuff like that. And I would go, sorry, what's your name? Like I didn't know them. Yeah. They knew me. Yeah. I didn't know well, them. Well, they thought they knew you. Yeah. So it was off to a bad start already, but I was kind of pushing that to the side. I had my flatmates. Everything was good. But then throughout the year, that did still continue. Um, I managed to be like with a lot of the people that judged me at first I actually managed to be pals with them at the end because like I remember I remember a couple of lads came up to me one time this was a good like few months in now because I'd always just pushed it away like ignored it but they came up to me and they were like hey James how you doing and it was like they were trying I knew it wasn't actually a, a nice conversation they were trying to antagonize me or whatever but I was just I just killed them with kindness straight away I was like I'm good, mate. How are you? Like, and literally had a conversation. And then from one of my flatmates who was friends with them as well, they go back to that flatmate and go, James is actually a sound lad, you know? And then it was only then that that whole group of people were like, he's actually not bad. Mm. But, you know, it wasn't a great first few months. I've got some really funny stories. And it wasn't great for my parents either because I remember getting drunk one time and accidentally calling my parents rather than my friend. Um, and I was in a drunk mess like state, so they were obviously a little bit worried as well. Mm. Yeah. So all of this is happening. Obviously, it's first few months that aren't exactly what you'd expected. When you decided you had to leave, what were the emotions that were going through your head then? I'd never made a big decision like it before in terms of that. Like I, I remember in school I wanted to leave at 16 just because I didn't like school. Yeah. But I carried on, 
my parents weren't controlling of my life, but like I carried on the way they wanted me to, you know, school, sick form, uni. So I'd never really made a big, and also my school was a one. It wasn't like I had to switch to a different sick form. My, my high school was also a sick form as well. So I stayed in it. So I was always in my comfort zone, really. It wasn't really my comfort zone, but it was my, my parents' comfort zone. So stepping out, take, making the decision to just completely like change the way I'm going was, I wouldn't say scary because I was so set on it. Like it would have been scarier for me to stay at uni. Like I couldn't stay there. I was mm. getting really mm. low to do with studies and to do with knowing that I didn't want to do that. Like continuing to do something you know you're not good at, built for, and you don't like. It's a no-brainer to get out of that situation. That's really good advice, yeah. Yeah. Chris Williamson talks about this idea of when people are in okay, mediocre situations, that's where they get stuck because you kind of get comfortable in that complacency. And, for example, someone who's in a bad relationship, but it's okay and they treat them nicely and they take them out for dinners. Or someone in a job and their boss is a bit annoying, but the pay is all right. Those type of people would be better off if their situations were worse, mm. because it would be the catalyst that they needed yeah. to then I change. I think have seen that podcast. Yeah, yeah it, it really stuck with me because I thought it sounds really counterintuitive, but actually it's so right. And for you, there wasn't an option to stay at that point, yeah. I'm guessing. You had to yeah. get out. Yeah, so it was a no-brainer for me. It was. I felt sad. I remember being in a lecture one time and the sunk cost fallacy came up. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I've heard James Smith talk about it. Oh, really? So yeah. I, I'd actually heard it in an economic term mm. where, like, you know, you don't want to you, – you continue doing something because of the prior investment to it in terms of money. But So I was in a lecture and that came up because I was doing geography and there was economic sides of geography. So that came up and I instantly heard that and started thinking about it for me, not about mon- money investment, but just about time and effort and – you know emotion like I thought to myself if I stay at uni all I'll be doing is continue to do it because I've done it my whole life like school and everything like that and and that was that would be the only reason I stay in uni so I thought that's that's one thing I remember putting on my Instagram story because I had an Instagram following at this point I remember putting saying um are any of you familiar with the sunk cost fallacy and everyone replied saying it and I was just like right like maybe this is this is something I need to think about um but on your point that you brought up with Chris Williamson, actually kind of came up with my own thing. Me and my brother were having a deep chat. We were on holiday recently. And um, my brother is, as I said, more academic, academically gifted than I am. So he's now going into like the corporate world and everything like that. And um, it's it's tough for my brother because I'm the younger brother. He's been the like the star it's never really been this way but in my head he's been the star child our whole lives like getting better grades than me better prospect everything like that Uh, and he's now gone into you know his line of work banking or something like that and he's just and then he's seeing me doing what I want to do going on holiday whenever I want you know I'm waking up at a reasonable time in the day not 6am in the morning so we're having a chat about this being like oh it's you know it's a bit crazy, isn't it, how, how the tables have turned. And I, I suddenly came out and said, you were too smart to dream. In the same way that, like, too smart being 
good enough where he can stay in uni and then go on to this yeah, good job. role and everything like that, that he didn't bother dreaming about being anything bigger, like way bigger. And that really stuck with him. And he brought it up a few weeks later. And I was like, oh, that's crazy that you remember that. Um, because I didn't really realise it would stick with him. But he was definitely thinking about it for a while. And yeah. I think he's still thinking about it. But, you know. That's so interesting because, yeah, I think there's probably people listening to this who are in similar, similar situations to your brother. And because they've, you know, done really well academically, they've been able to get the good jobs that I guess they thought would make them happy and it would be the right thing for them. Whereas yeah. for someone like yourself who wasn't really enjoying the whole uni thing, maybe struggled a little bit academically, you're kind of looking for something else that you can then like put your passions in. It's almost like that square peg round hole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you didn't quite fit in there. Mm. You're like, okay, I need to kind of create something else for mm. myself. So after you left uni then, and you're doing social media and creating content, was there a point where you realized that you could then turn that into a career? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There was a point where I realized I wanted to try. Not, I, I, still now, I mean, I'm a bit further, but um, still now I doubt myself like anyone would. But um, the point I realized I wanted to try was when I had a chat with my dad about leaving uni and I was like, right, I'm just going to go for this. You know, I can't say in uni, what else am I going to do? This. Um, so that was the point I realized I wanted to try. So I started coaching, which was like a, you know, very hands-on approach to being able to pay the bills and everything. Um, I wouldn't say coaching was the absolute dream, though. Um, you know, just got to be able to earn money to pay the bills and, you know, go on holiday when I want, things like that. When I realised I could seriously turn it into a, a, a career or at least what I want to do for the next few years is when Gymshark approached me and said, we want you to be an athlete. Because that was... I'd been working pretty much for free. It was never about the money, but I'd been working for free for like two years doing social media with no reward in uni, before uni. And then suddenly for something to come at me, it felt like I'd put no effort into it because I wasn't thinking about the fact that I'd previously, you know, built this whole brand for two years without any reward. So I was like, ah, that's what that does. Just constantly doing the same thing over and over again not really expecting much, you know, sure. just doing it because you enjoy it. And then something comes 
in a week. And clearly Gymshark as a brand recognised that and thought they've seen the work that you've been putting in into creating content. Something I wanted to ask you, um, because you brought it up in a previous podcast, is why you? What do you attribute your success to? And I think it's a really hard question to answer because it you know, requires a certain level of confidence, which we don't always have. And it was sweet in the podcast, you mentioned how before you became a Gymshark athlete, you were looking at Anna and Nathaniel, who are Gymshark athletes, and you were thinking they have something special that I don't. Now you've kind of been working with the brand for a while, and you've been to the lift events, and you've been to these meetups. Do you see yourself as someone special? I always asked, like, myself and even my Gymshark manager and everyone like why me yeah I actually did and they 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 always gave me answers but you know the answers were never that was never that never suddenly flipped a switch in my brain and went oh yeah that's it because I don't think you can have someone else tell you I think it needs to be your own realization I now believe it myself because well I suppose it's over time like I've been with Gymshark for nearly a year I've gone to their events and met all these people and like so the combined everyone telling me I, and I, I still don't believe in myself but everyone's saying oh you're my idol and this and the other at the events that's always just slowly pushing me further into you know believing in myself but um I suppose what I actually what, what was the word you used attribute what do you attribute your success yeah. to yeah what I attribute my success to is I've always had these differences, but I never, I realized them, I knew them, but I never allowed them to actually propel me forwards. I always thought they were holding me back, right, in school. Because I was in a setting, I was placed in a setting where those differences were bad. But then when I left uni, where I was still being held back from these things, I was really struggling to do my essays, my listening lectures, like I was, I was leaving lectures halfway through. Um, because I was just getting fed up. But when I finally allowed myself to put myself in a position where I can actually use these differences to propel myself forward, that's where everything just started going up. So the success, I will say, comes from actually me being different from the people I grew up with, you know, struggling with reading, writing, being slower with processing but I've always been more creative. I was literally texting a school friend of mine um, today. It was his birthday the other day, and I haven't spoken to him since I left school. So, But I remembered it was his birthday. I always had the date in mind. And he um, he said, oh, it's really cool to see what you're doing now and everything. And he mentioned Casey Neistat. He's a vlogger from YouTube. Um, like He probably popped off like five or six years ago, and I was obsessed with him in school. Um and my, it was just cool to see that my friend had remembered that. And he's like a creative filmmaker type vlogger. Um, and my friend said, like, as soon as I saw you being obsessed with him, I always knew something would come of that. Um, so it was just the point where I left uni and allowed myself to put myself in that position um, to, to sort of yeah. flourish. I love that so much. And I think that is such a great message to people because, like you said, it's so easy to look at your differences or even flaws, if you want to call them that, and think that that's going to hold you back, whereas actually they could be an advantage and that weird thing about you and that obsession that you have with 
like yeah. vloggers or something that could turn into something amazing yeah if you yeah. allow it to yeah yeah and really inspirational back, Looking back, it seems so stupid to try and push yourself. Of course. To do something that you know you're not actually You're going against the grain in that sense if you yeah. try and do that. Yeah. So I want to get on to the fitness side a little bit because, mm. as I said at the beginning, that's clearly what you've built your brand around. I know that you've got your online coaching business as well. And something I've been asking a few people is, where do you think most people go wrong when they're starting out on a fitness journey? I had a friend message me when he knew I was going to be having these conversations and he said, can you ask someone how I can get motivated, how I can get started? Because I've been to the gym a few times, but I've just not stuck with it. Mm. If you had to kind of coach that person, yeah. what would your advice be? If they've been to the gym a few times, if they've not stuck with it because they don't like it, then I, I mean it's kind of similar to what we were talking about if you know if you really know you don't like it then maybe the gym isn't for you yeah. but there's other ways of exercising whether you want to lose weight or even gain weight or build muscle like you don't have to go to the gym to build muscle there's other ways so try all the different ways um and do it gradually you know a lot of people go oh yeah I went to the gym like four times last week but now this week I just don't want to that's probably because you went four times last week maybe just go once and then twice, and then three times, you know, over a period of months even. Um, so, yeah, slow and steady, gradually doing things. If you really don't like the gym, there's other things. Try out running, try out, there's this new high rocks trend going on right now. Uh, calisthenics, that's even how I started because that transferred over from gymnastics. Um, I like the gym, so I go to the gym. I don't actually force myself to go to the gym all the time. Like I do sometimes, everyone has off days, but I like the gym. Everyone's like, how do you stay motivated? Well, I like it. Yeah. If you don't like it, you're not going to stay motivated to do it. Mm. Find something you like. Mm. I, I genuinely believe there is some sort of activity that everyone would enjoy. It doesn't have to just be the gym. The gym is just most accessible to people. There's so many gyms now. So that's why most people go to the gym. But there's so many other things you can do. Yeah. And I think it's probably... It's easy for people who aren't in a routine with the gym to look at fitness influencers like yourself and think, oh, that's what I have to do. Yeah. But it's not necessarily. It's about what you enjoy and something that you can be consistent with Yeah. as well. Yeah. I'm kind of rattling through these questions because we're going to run out of time. But um, obviously you're in very good shape Thank physically. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, are you happy with your physique? Are you proud of what you've built? Yeah. And that's a rare answer, actually. I think a lot of my friends would probably say, like, I'm happy but never satisfied. I'm kind of satisfied. Like, obviously, I've managed to get myself out of the tunnel vision. A, a, a lot of people go to the gym and then, you know, they'll look at someone and be like, all right, I want to be like him. But then when, when they get to him, they want to be like the, the bigger guy. And then the bigger guy, and it's a continuous cycle, and that's why people end up doing things that will harm their body. I also used to want to look like these big, muscular, scary men, um, but I kind of got it in, like I kind of got out of that. I just snapped out of it one day when I, I realized to ninety nine percent of the population, and I know we're not doing it for other people, but there isn't always an element of that. I don't. It's not. My grandma wouldn't want to look at me being a really huge, muscly, veiny, like, scary, looking like I'm on loads Mr. of Mr. Olympia kind of physique. Yeah. 
and nor would my future wife, <laughs> my kids, my parents. Crush the babies. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean it in no disrespect. I can really appreciate the work that people put in, right? And I've got friends that are pushing for actual bodybuilding shows, you know, not natural bodybuilding shows either. Like, the, they openly hit the drugs to you know, achieve the physique they want. And that's fine by them. But I can look at that and, and know that that is not what I want to look like. Like, I think that's not attractive. Um, and you're also putting yourself at risk. Like, you are struggling to walk upstairs without running out of breath, you know? So I'm I'm happy and satisfied. The only thing I wouldn't be satisfied with is I always want to be progressing, purely because otherwise going to the gym seems a bit pointless, right? It's enjoyable to be in the gym, but you the, half of the enjoyment comes from knowing you're actually progressing. So I want to continuously progress. Um, but I don't want to get to silly, silly standards. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I'm really happy to hear you say that. I didn't think your answer was going to be yes. Mm. Because I had did a podcast recently with a body image researcher called Michelle Carroll she was super interesting and we spoke about muscle dysmorphia in men and I think it's something that people don't really talk about because if you see a guy in incredible shape you just assume that he loves his physique whereas kind of what you touched on earlier people kind of pin their happiness and their self-worth on looking a certain type of way and I think it can be a kind of a downward spiral because you might start out in the gym and think, I'll be happier when I build muscle. And then you build muscle and then you want to get bigger arms and you're focusing on the striations in your shoulders and you become so hypercritical of how you look that you're almost placing so much emphasis on it. You end up being dissatisfied. Mm. Have you? Yeah. S- I, mean, I I've guess been you've there. seen that. I've been there. Yeah. Um, I recently went to LA and I was really tanned at the end of it. And then once that tans fade, like I'm, yeah. I'm not happy with that um, because for some reason the tan just makes your physique look way better. But I mean, that's to be expected. Mm. You know, I, fe- I feel like I looked my absolute best in LA with tan. And also I was really, um, I was really lean. We did it on purpose just to be as lean as possible for the videos and whatever is LA. Um, and now that I've come back, I've allowed myself to, not be as lean I've eaten more um my tan's faded um my body hair's growing back like you know it's but that's to be expected I know I can go back to that stage if I wanted to but right now I don't want to yeah winter's coming like you know also that wasn't a good stage for me because I wasn't progressing well at all in the gym I was actually like regressing really badly um and I was actually do you know who David Laid is of course I met him Oh, really? Uh, like a Gymshark event in like 2018. Yeah, you would, <laughs> anyone would love, I, 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 I wish everyone could have a really long conversation with David Lake yeah. because at, at first he could seem pretty bland. I heard him on Chris Williamson. Mm, He's okay, so yeah. intelligent as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So him and I, obviously we've had our time together. We get, we, we can, we can have long conversations. Um, and this is about the progression and regression thing. We were in the car uh, in an Uber and we were talking about, we were trying to figure out what I'm motivated by. Mm-hmm. And my motivation is far more about the fear of regression than it is progression. I would hate to go backwards. And this was with anything, the gym, um, financially, like if say 
the number in my bank account next month is lower than what it was this month, that is motivating me to make it in two months time go way higher, you know? Uh, and the same with the gym, like I continue go to, going to the gym every week purely to make sure I'm not losing what I've gained more than actually progressing. That's really what motivates me the most. Yeah. I think you spoke about that in a recent YouTube video. Mm. Um, and I think it is really interesting because, yeah, you want to keep driving forward and you want to keep pushing yourself, but you have to kind of stop and think, where is that drive coming from? Yeah, And I think, I don't know if it's something you can relate to, but for myself, I think I am someone who's ambitious and I'm driven, but I'm also scared of it not working out and so that feeling of insufficiency but also wanting to progress is quite a toxic brew yeah. because you're being driven by something but the fuel yeah is quite potent it's a blessing and a curse of course it is of course it is and you kind of you kind of have to accept it like it's it's a good way to be in the long run but you can have short-term bursts of not believing yourself even like sad and little depressive phase like phases um i definitely struggle myself with that because it leads to me comparing myself with other people a hell of a lot people in the same boat as me um and we all go through our phases say it's social media right and we'll for views all of us go through different phases of having high views and low views high views and low views and when I'm on a high, I'm not really appreciating it that much because I'm thinking about getting it higher. But then when I'm on a low, I then look at someone else's account who might be on their high. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. It's you that know? negativity bias. I think we're all wired that way. Yeah. And I'd love to know why because I think it's so harmful sometimes. But there's so much I want to get onto. Like my brain is just spinning with questions. Um, but we are running out of time. And something you said in a YouTube video as well, it might have even been the same one, is that complacency is your biggest fear. Mm. What do you mean by that? I've seen... Uh, that's one because I've seen with my some of my friends. I've seen people get complacent and it's... And I think it would be easy to when you get to your level, as in yeah. the amount of followers you have, the work that you're doing. Like, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um I'd say that that fear comes mostly from seeing my see, seeing seeing other people get complacent and it affects them. Um, I mean, it's also it would also be a shame to get complacent when it was such a big dream of mine two years ago to be in this position, you know. So th it's yeah. a big fear of disappointing my younger self. Um, also, like I've left uni, I've made this huge you know sacrifice to try and build the life I want, and to get complacent and just you know, half-ass everything, it would be a shame. Yeah. Another thing is, I mean, this kind of moves on to, like, relationships and stuff and friendships. But, like, so I've seen it happen where someone will get a girlfriend and then they'll get a little bit complacent with work and then... Let things slip. Everything kind of. slips because then they get worried about their work not doing well. So then they're like, oh, should I be doing this? And then everything just goes, you know? That's something I'm really scared of, really trying to figure out. But, like, it's, I've kind of pushed away any sort of potential relationship ever since I've started this. Yeah. Which, yeah. I think sometimes you need those reminders of how far you've come to kind of keep pushing you forward. 
And I was thinking about this the other day and I don't know why, but during lockdown, I moved back home, small town. So I just go for walks around the river and stuff. And somebody was writing messages in chalk on the pavement, like throughout the whole town. It was a really sweet sentiment. And I was on a walk one day and I just looked down and there was a message that said, look how far you've come. Literally written in chalk on the pavement. Mm. I just stopped and I sobbed because I was in lockdown. I was feeling really low and I wasn't really doing much. And then I just needed that reminder to say, you're doing okay. Mm. Like this is a shit time, but look how far you've come. And so it's almost a metaphor for like, sometimes you just need to stop and think and appreciate where you're at Yeah. to not get complacent, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, just to round this up then, um, I'm asking my guests all the same question. This is the personal best podcast after all. Um, what is one piece of advice or a quote you'd like to share to help people achieve their personal best in any capacity? I've probably developed this through this podcast. I always think of things like as we're going, definitely allowing yourself to allow yourself to like, let your flaws propel you forwards. You know, if you're, good at something and bad at others, why are you trying to be better at the things you're bad at and mm. not focusing on the things you're really good at? So focus on the things you're really good at and then maybe later you can try and fix the things you're bad at. That's so brilliant. Yeah, Jimmy Carr said in an episode, he was talking about school and he said, we don't need more shit physicists. <laughs> like, why are you trying to get kids who are on an E in physics up to an A because the world does not need yeah. more people who are shit at physics? Yeah. So I love that. I think it's such yeah. an important message. Um, I just wanted to share one quote that I read on your YouTube channel because I think it was really sweet and um, sometimes it's nice to hear these things. Someone had commented, it was really exotic muffin is the username. <laughs> and they said, you're definitely one of the best influencer inspirations going at the moment. Down to earth and just says how it is. Keep up the good work and everything is going to work out just how you want. And I love that. And I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I mentioned in this podcast before how I think the online world of health and fitness is so confusing sometimes and mm. quite overwhelming. And I have been following your content for a while. And I think you take up a really positive corner of the internet. And I just hope that grows and grows Thank for you. you. Honestly, I really do. Yeah, that's really kind of you. Thank you. Perfect. Where can people go if they want to follow you if they're not already? Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, James Beardwell. I'm sure if you type it, it comes up. There's underscores somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just type James Beardwell, beard, facial hair, and then well. Gymshark code? James. Just James. James, simple. Perfect. Yeah. You guys can get 10% off, is yeah. that right? Yeah, 10% off. Amazing. James. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with James. Please don't forget to follow and review this podcast if you enjoyed it. Anyway, I will see you next week for another exciting episode. Bye for now. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.